and welcome back to another episode of Relish the Journey. I am your host, Miles Biggs, and my guest today is Eve Baum, the founder and head designer at Military Apparel Company. They take military uniforms and make them into over 50 different items from purses and pillows to teddy bears. And it's a really cool story of Eve's entrepreneurship and also how she likes to pass on these values of entrepreneurship to children, which is a unique aspect that we haven't heard from entrepreneurs on this before, but a really awesome one. So enjoy this conversation with Eve and be sure to listen to the end to find out how you can support her and the military apparel company. Eve, thanks so much for joining me tonight. I'm excited to dive into your story. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on this podcast. So we met in sort of an odd way, the true true networking way, right? Where I knew <laughs> somebody that you also knew and she decided to put us together. That's um, correct. That's correct. So a silent shout out here to our mutual friend that made this happen. It's, it's going to be cool. So tell me a little bit about you and about your company, how you got started with the company, you know, you don't have to go all the way back, but what's the uh, what's the brief overview and why it exists? Okay, so here's the rundown. So I'm a trained fashion designer from Montreal, and I moved in the United States uh, to United States 15 years ago. And basically, the business started on me. I just made a few handbags and as just as gift, and people kept asking for more and kept asking if they wanted to buy some. And I actually majored in menswear, so for me to make handbags was um, something a little bit different, but you know, I still use the same techniques and all. And um, I want to say it's about two years into the business, the original business, which was called at that point Maeva Design. A major in the army sent me his uniforms and asked me to make handbags for his sister and his mother. And that, when I cut that, I just got kind of like an all over chill. And I thought, oh my goodness, what an awesome idea that is. And that was basically the birth of Military Apparel Company. That's the best way to have something start, right? When it's not even your idea, the demand's already there. I can totally say it was a great idea because it wasn't mine. <laughs> and I feel like that's that's a big thing, I would imagine, for someone in the military to do, to part with that uniform and know that it's going to be cut up and put into pieces. So that's That's got to be uh, an honor for you to be entrusted with that, that piece oh, it to is. turn it into something else. Oh, it is absolutely such a great honor. And when I thought more about it and I started developing the business plan uh, for military apparel company, you know, there is such a great emotional attached to the uniform and most people do not get rid of them. So it just sits in attics, you know, and once in a blue moon, somebody will ask or they'll get it out or maybe they'll try it on or something like that. But I feel like the uniform can tell a story and that's really what the mission and the core of our company is. So that's, that's really, you know, the more I thought about it, the, the better the idea got that there was definitely a need out there for the uniform to not be forgotten. Yeah, absolutely. So this, this guy had to turn it into handbags. What are some other things that you're able to turn the uniform into? Basically, anything that can be made out of fabric, we can do. We offer about 60 different product on our web, products on our website, uh, from pillows to teddy bears, those are my favorite, to blankets, um, bows, handbags, uh, duffel bags for guys. So, And then people just have completely random creative ideas, and we try to accommodate that as much as possible. Nice. That's really interesting. So what's, been, uh, what's one of those random creative ideas that you have to accommodate? Oh my, um, we made a dog carrier once. I remember making a gun case for somebody. Um, 
I think that's that's basically what I can remember. But sometimes it's just a variation of what we're already doing. That's not completely off the wall, but you know everything is completely customized to the T. So if somebody wants a little bit of a you know longer handle or they want a different closure, like we really can work with the person to accommodate that. Yeah, and I saw on your website that everything's made in the United States, which I'm sure resonates with that target audience as well. Yes. So is everything. <laughs> Is everything made by you or do you have a team that's no, mm-hmm. No, I have a team of, um, of seamstresses that works for me. We have our uh, production manager, Debbie, and then I work with other people who work um, with us on the handcrafting part of, of our creations, as well as other businesses that um, are doing specific products for us from their own studios. That's, I think, is a little bit different than um, other business owners are operating. Uh, So, for example, our dog collar and our dog leashes are made by a lady down in Florida who specializes in that. It's a very specific product. And I had found her online and her quality was something that I was really, really, really interested in. And so I contacted her and we formed a partnership like that. And so then when we sell our dog collars and our dog leashes, we subcontract her to make that. And we here concentrate in what we're really good at. Yeah, that makes total sense. Like we said, it such an emotional pull. The last thing you want to do is create a subpar product with somebody's uniform because there's no do-over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Yes. I love that. That's really interesting. So one of the things I, I wanted to spend a majority of our time on with you, because I thought it was mm-hmm. really interesting when we were getting to know each other on a you know a pre-podcast call, you were talking about how passionate you are just about entrepreneurship in general and how you like to pass that on to kids specifically. So first, I'm just curious about you and mm-hmm. if, if you would say you you would always describe yourself as being an entrepreneur or if you sort of stumbled into it after you were done with school, where did that start for you? Well, let's just say that my first grade teacher told me in first grade, and I still remember her, not fondly, but I still remember her. <laughs> she told me that for sure one day I was going to be a boss. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would like to say that I was born with leadership skills. Uh, you know, I, I I grew up around both of my sets of grandparents, and um, they are they were both they are both entrepreneurs. They were both entrepreneurs. Um, my on my dad's side, my grandparents were lumberjacks, so they own a lumberjack company, and uh, or lumber company. And they did that. And my grandmother kept the books and all of that. And I saw the flexibility that that brought to their their lifestyle. And I loved it. And on the other side, my mother's side, my grandparents owned a plethora of different businesses, um, which one of which was a, a fabric store in a little tiny, tiny town in the very north of Quebec. And this is where uh, my love for uh, sewing and fabric uh, was birthed from my uh, from my grandmother yet. And uh, so that was always always an inspiration to me. I I kind of always wanted to be my own boss. My I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, although I, I didn't exactly know what was going to happen. Sure. Have you ever been an employee or have you always been the boss as that teacher said you <laughs> No, I have been the employees in many places, although I have to say in all pure honestly, I'm not the best employee because I always see things that can be improved. And some employers, let's face it, they don't really want to improve things. They want to keep things the way it is. And so, you know, I I always see things that could be done differently or that could be done better or whatnot. And I, I would say I'm fairly, you know, 
easy to voice my opinion about that. So I don't think I make the best employee, but I, I did. I had several jobs in fashion design and I had several jobs in the uh, restaurant industry as well um, and other odds and ends to that I did. But um, I really just enjoy being an entrepreneur and working with other people. I don't feel like I'm their boss, even though I am, but a lot of the time I'll work with people that are way older than me. I, I see them as perhaps I'm kind of like the captain of the ship, but they are just as valuable, if not more valuable than I am. Oh, sure. Yeah. The captain can't do every job on the ship, right? If it's going to no. move forward, you need the team. Yes. So those are the reasons why you like entrepreneurship. What's been a, what's been like a dark side of entrepreneurship for you? We, I know it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Uh, it is the- not. It is not. For the most part, it really is for me such an incredible journey. Flexible hours, unlimited income. Uh, you know, but I what I tell people is I call all the good shots, and that is awesome. But I also call all the bad shots, and that's the downfall of it. Um, and kind of something that just is happening currently is we just signed a partnership last week. So a lot has happened since you and I had first talk. But um, we just signed a partnership with a firm called Tango Squared. And um, they come with years upon years of experience in branding and marketing and um, and so many different things that they're, uh, they're such an incredible company. I'm really incredibly um, grateful that they're joining our company right now at this time where we're starting to launch a nationwide uh, keychain project. Uh, and so anyway, uh, the downfall the of calling all the shots is that sometimes you kind of just have to guess something. You know, you're going to say, okay, I think this is going to be a good idea, but it gets to be a lonely place, you know? And uh I just realized last week after a conversation I had with the owner of Tango, Thomas, how good it felt that I could bounce things off of him and say, okay, this is what I want to do. What do you think? And him validating or giving me advices was just so valuable. So I think the one downfall is calling all the good shots can be a little lonely. Or calling all the bad shots as well can be a little bit of a lonely place to be an entrepreneur, as well as kind of like the instability of having your own business. You know, if you have a job, you have a steady paycheck. When it's your own business, you never know. You can have, you know, thousands of orders one day, no order the second day. So the instability of it is really the only thing that truly bothers me sometimes. Yeah, we're seeing that a lot right now in the world that we're living in um, Mm -hmm. with everything going on with the virus. But Mm -hmm. with you being like an internet-based business, right? You're an e-commerce platform. Have you been affected greatly? People stop buying what you're the products you're making? So what's very, very interesting right now, which I never thought in a million years that this would happen, but uh, first of all, we're seeing that people are at home. Therefore, they have more time on their hands. Therefore, they're shopping online, at least on our website. Uh, the second thing that happens is we present a, uh, an emotional product right now. So people, you know, their husband stay, is staying deployed longer or their wife or they're stuck on a ship somewhere. They're not coming to United States or they're just quite frankly, we're missing everybody right now. We're missing our family. We're missing our friends. And so because we offer an emotional product that helps with that missing part of your life. Uh, we're, we're seeing actually an increase in sales right now, um, as well as uh, something that has developed on the side and is actually taking uh, quite a major part of our business right now. We started making face masks 
And so we've already, last weekend, we completed the 200 mask project with a girl down in New Jersey that hired us as the manufacturing, but she's donating uh, the masks to the community. And we're starting another project early next week or this weekend for another 350 with the same uh, the same person. And we're just selling tons of face masks because I developed a really good face mask that's very, very close to the face. And there's a lot of people right now that are sewing them, but I believe we offer a a quality product that they can get, you know, right there and then, and they can pick the fabric that they would like. So we started manufacturing these for a friend of mine who's a nurse here at a local hospital, but it took, it took off like I had no expectation of, of anything happening from it, except for me helping her with that. But this is keeping us extremely busy. Right. Well, it's good to hear that because I've, you know, I work in marketing for my day job, and so I talk to a lot mm-hmm. of people, and I've been keeping an eye on the the business side of this, especially when mm-hmm. it comes to internet-based companies. And Truth. It's up and down, right? So I'm glad to it's, hear that. Yeah, it, I feel I, I, you. Yeah. yeah, I'm at a lack of, of a better word, and I'm so grateful and thankful. Like, you know, I, I really thought when all this happened, I said, oh, I brace yourself. You know, this is definitely going to affect your business because it's affecting everyone's business. And I get it. And we're, we are totally non-essential as much as I would like to say that we are essential. We are a total non-essential business. So for the time being, this is what's going on with our business and we're taking it a day at a time. But we are beyond grateful. And, you know, and we were able to create jobs right now for our local seamstresses, which is so awesome. So I think people are really right now kind of uh, banking on that instead of maybe encouraging big chains. They're even more into encouraging local businesses, which I feel personally, I feel like this should be an everyday thing. It shouldn't take a global virus for us to look at our neighbor. But if it's what it takes, then, you know, perhaps that's good because I've seen myself too wanting to, you know, okay, I could buy coffee here, but you know what? Let me check into a local roaster. Let me encourage them instead of encouraging something. So maybe that just shook things up a bit and bringing things back to roots where it should have been in the first place. Totally. Yeah. And if we can all figure out how to make toilet paper, we'll be millionaires. (laughs) I'm thinking about developing a, uh, you know, can I pick, the, paper, can I pick yeah. the fabric for my toilet paper? Is that what's that? <laughs> right. I mean, this is just crazy, but yeah, it's, we just have to kind of roll with the punches and be creative. <laughs> right. And so I know like that word creative, right? Creativity is what drives me. I love pushing myself outside of my comfort zone, you know, kind of seeing how creative I can get with different projects. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways I, things I like about podcasting. So I'm curious with entrepreneurship and now transitioning from just you to you teaching the values of entrepreneurship to others, is that a creative outlet for you? Like I'm sure each pupil you have is a different set of, you know, challenges to some extent with their personality. And if they're an innate boss, like you were as a young kid, or if they need a little bit more encouraging. Well, one thing I'm really passionate about is, yes, I know a lot of women, perhaps they want to start their own business. So they'll instantly think of me, okay, Eve knows what she's doing. I'll come to her. And I've given pretty sound advice to some ladies. And then sometimes they take it and sometimes they don't. But what I'm really, really um, passionate about is teaching kids to be entrepreneur. Because, you know, if you can teach a little kid to be an entrepreneur, you can they can already start, you know, uh, getting money and getting a head start on this whole, you know, life game. They can get a car when they get to be 16. They can get a house earlier or they can fulfill whatever dream that they would have with that money. Um, and so I, you know, this is, this starts at home 
for us. And, uh, you know, the whole mask project that we were talking about, I can't, I can't have my employees, my, you know, my coworkers here right now because of social distancing. So literally my whole family joined my crew all the way from the little seven-year-old who can like, you know, sweep the floor, <laughs> cut, li- cut little threads. My 10-year-old is sewing. My 15-year-old is quality control. My husband even jumped in on the ironing process, believe it or not, as many of a man as he is. <laughs> so it's like, look, we have 200 masks to do. I have one. My, my production manager uh, comes here. You know, we social distance as much as we can and keep it safe. But the whole family just jumped in. So my kids, you know, they're getting paid right now. They're learning about money management. But on the, uh, when it's not on the masks project, uh, my youngest one runs a dog treat business that we got through um, a company online that sells like businesses in a kit. And it was just a phenomenal Christmas gift I got for her. And she did that and it really took off. And so she's learning with that. My middle one, she has a sewing business day. She makes heated rice bags. So they they were to go, both of them were to have a little event here at a local uh, business. But because of what happened, they, they it's going to be reported later on. And my oldest one ha- is a published author. She has a book called Drip, Drip, Drop. It's on Amazon. And so she did public reading and she, you know, did money management with all of that. And so I'm really like super excited that all three of them they're interested into being their own little bus lady. Yeah, it's incredible. And so they were genuinely interested. It wasn't like you were twisting their arm. Mm-hmm. They just, they took to it. Right, right. And I always thought to myself, well, I never want to be the kind of mom that like, you know, say I wanted to learn piano and I never did. So I'm going to make my kids learn piano. But yeah, they are all genuinely super interested in learning the process and customer service and working hard. I mean, last weekend we put in like severe hours and, um, you know, they all pitched in and it was just such a beautiful thing to, to see, you know, like all of them coming together and having such good work ethic. And we didn't say, okay, you must work, right. you know, you must help us with those masks. They just genuinely like, they came up and, you know, they just started helping and it was just great. But, you know, I also, I also like to go in school and uh, Charlie and I did a couple of series with Denise, our mutual friend, um, you know, and teaching kids about businesses and they had such great questions and they were so interested in the process. It really is. I think I enjoy teaching entrepreneurship to kids more than adults because I feel adults may have do's and don'ts and blockage in their mind while kids, you know, sky's the limit a lot of the time with kids. Yeah, that's so true. I've, and they're uh, so cute. Yeah, you know, they can they tell are. anything. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, so I'm curious about this business in a box that you can get as a gift. That's my brain being the adult, right? I'm going to, man, like there's LLC paperwork in there. Like what does it come with insurance? Like what, what's in this box? How does that work? <laughs> no, um, I, the name, I don't have the name right now. I'll have to give you the name later on. Um, oh, hold on. I, I actually can't look it up. Um, and uh, so this one sells three different businesses and you get everything you need in a box. So this one, we got the um, the dog treat business. So it came with all of your ingredients, your packaging, little business card. It's called Bus Club Co. Bus Club Co. It's what it's called. Mm. There's three different businesses. Uh, I think it's Bat Bomb, Cake Pops, 
and dog treat. And it comes with all the paperwork um, for costing and explaining to your kids how like profit works and all of that. It's very detailed and it's super cute. It looks very professional. And it's also super easy because it's like with the younger kids, where do you even start to talk about, you know, finding the idea, finding the business name and making your packaging and all of that. So this is kind of like an all-inclusive little box that I think makes it so easy. If anyone's listening, they're not an entrepreneur. They don't know where to start, but they would love to have their kids on this entrepreneurial journey. Um, I just, that's a company that I would really, really stand by and, and promote. Yeah, it's neat. And it's making me think of all the parents right now that have to homeschool their kids, right? It's, right. A, it's a fun way to teach all oh those things. Oh my gosh, yes. And financials too. You know what I mean? Like oh, right yeah. now, like, you know, if you're working for someone and they're laying you off, it is what it is. If you're an entrepreneur, you can think, okay, what can I do? What can I offer with my business? And we're seeing that a lot. And I'm, I'm fascinated by the creativity of all the small business owner. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of, you know, entrepreneur and I've seen people, okay, you can't come to my coffee shop. I'll come to you. I'll do porch drop off. Or, you know, I was selling this, but now I'm selling that. And just, it, it just is amazing to me. That's what I'm really, really excited to see into this, this negativity and this chaotic time is the creativity of entrepreneur and how they're making their business different and adapting. Yeah. And I've seen similar things and it's, it's yes. the old adage of fight or flight. I think people either in mm -hmm. weird, weird times like this, they stand up and fight and say, I'm going to figure it out and make it mm -hmm. happen. Or they just kind of bury their heads in the sand and say, okay, I can't leave my house. So I'm just going to watch Netflix all day, you know? <laughs> um, right. And you know, there's just so many other things you can do with your time. And yes. Entrepreneurs get that and they see an opportunity while everyone else is freaking out. They're going to work. And when it passes, they're going to, you know, they're going to look around and notice that they're far ahead. So, yes, I think that whether it's in business or in life, because you can be an, yes. in, an entrepreneur, right? An entrepreneur in an organization. It's just great skills to have. And it's awesome mm -hmm. that you're teaching your kids that because whether or not they stick with owning their own business or they're just going to be rock star employees one day, mm -hmm. they're going to just have a much better outlook on life and what is possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think this whole virus thing is teaching us to be flexible and adaptable, you know? Yeah. And it's real, it, I don't real think fast anyone, too for some companies. Real fast, like a crash course. <laughs> I don't think any human being is really, really born and wired to be flexible and, and adaptable. I, I know some people are a lot better than others, but, um, and that's not necessarily my strength uh, to a certain extent, but I think as entrepreneur, it's just, this is just what you have to do. You have to const constantly reinvent yourself and idea number one might be great, but idea number two might be even greater. And then you might have another idea that's, that's even greater. And you just have to keep looking for that and reinvent yourself. For sure. So I'm curious with your kids, what's something that they've taught you about business while you're teaching them? That's a good question. So I think sometimes I overthink situations. Say I have a situation with a customer and I'll tell them about it or whatnot or with a product. Sometimes their 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 childlikeness, if that's even a word, really helps me to keep it down and just go straight to the answer. That's I would say is one of the greatest thing about children because they don't they don't they, I mean, they think, you know, don't take me wrong, but they sometimes don't overthink. While adults, I think, have a tendency, most adults have a tendency to overthink. And sometimes it's like, oh, it's that simple. You just, you know, just send them a new one. Oh, that's true. 
(laughs) And you just send on you on the customer and it's done and you don't have to, you know, fight over it or whatever. But yeah, I I think that's, uh, that's something that my children would, would teach me. That's great. Yeah. It's definitely a good thing for all of us to remember. Cause like you said, (laughs) you know, sometimes we second guess if it's too easy, right? It must be wrong if it's that easy. (laughs) Sometimes it is just that easy. Mm -hmm. I agree. Have you had any pushback or I guess adversity? You know, you moved from Canada to the United States. Now you're running an American made product when you're not born in America. <laughs> you know, you have the military tie, so nobody can use, not, not that they would use it against you, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They can't say anything bad about that. I'm just curious. I, I yeah. hear horror stories sometimes of people that are doing great things, but then the haters come out of the woodwork. And I'm curious if you've gotten any negative pushback. I have to say, I don't know if it's because I have a really strong personality or I'm just overly always passionate and excited about what I do, but I have never, never, ever, ever have any setback about that. I think a lot of people will say to you that I am the, well, now I'm American, but, you know, we'll say non-American, you know, for for the purpose of this. I guess I'm, I think I'm the one of the most patriotic non-American there is because I think when you choose a country and it's not like I just, I felt here and I didn't want to be here. I genuinely like I adore living here. I would not move back to Canada. No offense to Canadians, but <laughs> I would not. <laughs> um, I, I just I just love everything about about America and all the opportunity that it can give a person, uh, a business person especially. And so I have not. There was one time that we uh, one or two times I tried to do business with uh, the Amish and the Mennonites, and they are not into the military. Hmm. And they, they kindly and politely made me understand that this was not going to happen. Uh, but other than that, I've never had uh, negative comments about anything. No, that's great. Yeah, and I love mm-hmm. that phrase. I, I I was watching your interview with Stuart Varney on Fox. Yeah. <laughs> And you said that about choosing, and he kind of yeah. joked. He's like, "Hey, me too," because he obviously chose yeah. it as well. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And I, I just love that idea. And I never thought of that as a mm-hmm. you know a born American, right? That it, that is a that's a wild thing to choose a foreign country to be your new country, and to become mm-hmm. a citizen of that country. Why did you choose America? What what made you you know come south of the border from Canada? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, obviously, I mean, at the at the beginning of it, you know. Uh, I married an American, so that was that was the main reason I would say. But I mean, at, at that point, I had the choice to go back. You know, he could have come with me. He loved he loved where I lived and all of that. But one thing I adore about America is how easy it is to conduct business here because of how America is created. It's more of a like a ball, you know, like a, a rounded area as opposed to say Canada, where is a long band. Um, and, and being that way, you can drive almost anywhere in the United States, you know, if you're central, which I am mostly kind of central-ish or most East Coast, but, um, and the shipping rates is very, very affordable compared to what it is in Canada. So doing business online is what I, the business I have here, if I would try to, um, replicate that in Canada, uh, it would, it would be impossible for many reasons. And I also just love how most Americans are so proud of living in America. I adore that. Yeah, I'm curious. Is it not that way in Canada? Is there not like a big <laughs> national pride in Canada? Um, in my opinion, yeah. there is not. 
Uh, also, I'm from Quebec, and there's this whole Quebec thing with French people and all of that that they, you know, they've they've tried for you know for a number of decades, I think, or years and years to kind of separate that part from Canada. So that creates sort of like a conflict, if you will. Sure. Um, so from my perspective as a Quebecer, but even people who live in Quebec, they're not like super proud to be from Quebec, like, you know, having a Quebec T-shirt and having a Quebec flag in, in their front yard. Or it's just something that's not that's not there. You know, there's a lot of super awesome things about Canadians, but I think uh, being patriotic is not really something that I was taught, at least growing up or that I saw. Hmm, that's interesting. I, I just never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. You're making me realize how much I've taken America for granted, I guess, or at least the mindset of America. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see it in other countries too. You know, it's not in every country necessarily, but like Italians, for example, they're really loud and proud about their country and their culture and their family and their food and all of that. Um, I don't think it's it's as much here in America as maybe like an Italian could be. So I think there's level of maybe like patriotism, but I would say that Canada is definitely, uh, you know, I, in my opinion, you know, and I, I can't speak for an entire country, but sure. in a way, especially being from Quebec, I don't see that. And I just, I love that. And that's, you know, that's another reason why my business is so patriotic because it's something that I instantly saw and I instantly fell in love with it. Going back to your opinion then, right? And we'll shift away from mm-hmm. Canada. I'll keep you out of political hot water here. Um, <laughs> so you can go back one day if you want to. Um, yeah. In your in your opinion, if somebody's listening to this and they mm-hmm. want to start a business, where do they start? What's the first thing you do when you say, I have a business idea? Okay. First, you need to study the legal side of it. You know, you don't just start a business and start selling things and whatnot. There's do's and don'ts and there's legal action that you have to take to, you know, open your companies and things like that. Pay sales taxes if that is and whatnot. So there's there's that step, you know, that's first step. And I would say before you start even doing that, because you may think your idea is great, but your idea might not be great. Or you might think it's a good idea, but there's nobody that wants to buy this. <laughs> I always say to people... Start with your friends and family, you know, and I'll speak more for a product based company. I'm not sure exactly about service company, but product based company, if your mother and your friends don't want it to me, that's a red flag. (laughs) Maybe it's not a good product. Maybe your product is overdone. Maybe you just got to rethink it, you know, but I, you know, I always say go to your honest friends and ask them what they think, what they think about your idea, what they think you should do differently, what they think about your pricing. Because that's the other thing too. Somebody can have a great product, but maybe it's underpriced, maybe it's overpriced. And so I feel like if you have good, honest friends and family members to start with, and then if they buy and then their friends buy and they help you do some, you know, grassroots marketing and spreading the words, then you're like, okay, you know what? This is actually, people are really, really interested into this. Now, let me set myself up for success. The next step would be taking it serious and taking legal decisions to make sure that you're operating a legal business. That's saying, right? So you have a face only a mother could love. If you have a product that not even your mother right. loves, you got, you got a problem. That's not good. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> so that's the advice that you, you give to people, right? If they want to start a yeah. business. Yes. What start was, with your start with your tribe, then go legal. You know, make sure you're all set up that way. 
And, you know, nowadays there's a lot of resources out there to be promoting your business online that really you don't have to spend money. You just have to spend time and grit and make it happen. For sure. What's a piece of advice, not that you would give, but that you were given when you embarked on your entrepreneurship journey that, you know, you still think about to this day, even though it was years ago? Um, At the very beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, I joined a chamber of commerce. I can't necessarily speak for the, um, the sales part of that, okay? But it was for me to be surrounded by other entrepreneurs and listen to them and take advice from them and see you know, a bounce ideas off of them. And I, um, a gentleman, a gentleman named Bill, um, he had a printing business and I felt like he was such a genuine gentleman and he was so good to his customers. That is something that stuck with me. And I think I have achieved that uh, when I ask for my customers for testimonies or if they can do review for me, that comes and I'm more proud of that than making a good product because anyone can make a good product. But if you can really connect on a personal level with customer and offer a customer service that they feel is above what they expected, that's when I, I'm really, really happy. I'm really proud of that. Yeah, that's a great point. And that goes back. People will buy, people can buy things anywhere. Somebody else can make a military handbag. You're selling jewelry. There's tons of jewelry makers out there. They will buy because of you. 100%. And I think that goes mm-hmm. back to what your kids taught you about not overthinking it, right? That that's mm-hmm. people like other people, right? That yes. that are pleasant. Like if they yes. like to do business with you, they will do business from you. And it can be as simple as that. Just be a good person and then yes. the rewards will come eventually. Yes. And be there. And if it's because they want to talk about their bad days, it is what it is. And, you know, it, it's not all about selling. It's also about exactly what you said, being a good person, being there for them, and the rest will follow. And they think of you, you know, just today, somebody messaged me on Facebook on behalf of one of their friends and their son was starting a job in a prison and needed a name tape for it. And they thought of me, you know, this is not what I do, but they know that I possibly could do that. But, you know, I spent a little bit of time talking to her about her son getting this job and I congratulated, you know, her on her son getting a new job. And, and then we talked about it. And the fact that my friend thought about me and referred me is, 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 is an honor. Yeah. Cause you never know who that person knows and who they're going to talk to. And right. Absolutely. Right. Another really good advice that I cannot tell you who told me this, but um, somebody told me to always set yourself up as an expert. And that always stuck with me. So if I'm not an expert at something in my business, I want to make sure that I join with someone who is an expert at that to make sure that we are always perceived as the expert of military handbags and accessories on the market. So for example, I don't personally know I mean, if I sit down, I can make a dog collar perhaps, but it's not my strength and it's not what I'm really good at. And so I found somebody that can join that part and then they are doing what they're really good at. And therefore we are the expert at making camouflage dog collar because she is. And so I think that's something else to set yourself up as an expert when you're putting out content on social media. If you're a 
business that does, I don't know, you know, like beauty product or something like that. Don't just keep it out to what you're doing. Set yourself up as an expert in your field. And I think that really resonates with people. So for me personally, I have to be perceived as an expert in military life in general. Even though I don't personally have the life of a current military wife, I have to understand what their their life is and I have to put content out there that's current to them. And I have to set myself up as an expert. And if they have questions, they have they can feel comfortable coming to us for questions. And if we don't know, we will find an expert that can help them. I think that's great advice. People want to know that you know what they're going through and that you have something that can mm-hmm. be a solution for their problem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So as you think back to starting in Canada, moving to the United States, beginning your business, you know, getting on shows like Fox and being in People Magazine, some of the things we haven't even talked about, but I know that you've done, <laughs> and watching your kids become entrepreneurs, how would you describe all of that, your collective journey? How would you describe it in three words? Ah, oh, an incredible roller coaster. I love that. I love that a lot. More, more ups than down. Super, super high peak would be definitely the, you know, interviews that you do on TV, the magazines, and you know, often I'll have people comment on that. Oh my gosh, you're so lucky, you know, and, and I have to chuckle inside. I say, yes, you're right. I'm blessed with these opportunities. And I felt like a lot of them just felt, you know, on my lap and I'm extremely grateful for that. But, you know, the number of hours that you spend that are not recognized for that little bit moment of fame are, are incredible. You know, the amount of time that I can spend you know, sewing or developing a product that people have no idea about because it's not on social media or it's not on TV or magazines. You know, they pale in comparison to those moments. But what I'm really most excited about is in our next journey. So we are right now, like I told you, we partner with Tango Squared. We are doing a complete rebranding of our company. So it's really cool because actually it's happening tomorrow morning. April 1st, which is also my birthday, and they did not know about it. Oh, nice. uh, if all goes if all goes well, tomorrow morning we'll have a completely brand new website, completely brand new um, image of Mark, like logo and all of that. And we're also launching a baby. You're the first person that I'm talking to about it publicly. It's been in the secret making, but I can tell you about it because it's like just about to happen. Nice. We're opening a different part of our company that's going to be called Uniform Code. And we are going to be specializing in making support our troop keychains that are going to give back to our troops to the organization called supportourtroops.org. We have a partnership with them and we are ready to take the keychains. We have two different design keychains to um, nationwide retailer, such as Walmart, Target, Home Depot, Lowe's, you name it. We are going to hit them all right after the virus is, is gone. We are going to be um, going national with this. We see this keychain that gives back to our troops in every checkout point in America. And so this is all happening right now and nothing has stopped us, not even this virus from making great stride. We have a beehive, we call it, of ladies that are going to, they're all ready to get started on this project as well. So they're all going to be our little bees working and making keychains. Each of them will make a specific amount of keychains um, every single week. And as a, as a beehive, we'll have a capability of 16,000 keychains a month. And uh, we also have a manufacturing uh, partner in Alabama that can make them for us as well. And so this is all very exciting for me. It's like we've been doing business to customer for 15 years now. 
but this is uh, going to be business to business and retail and manufacturing. So it's a complete new journey, but we're super thrilled with that. Yeah, it's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So the name's not going to change, right? It's still going to be Military Apparel Company. It's just a whole new look. Yes. So Military Apparel Company is getting a brand new look and a brand new website. And it's basically the baby of Military Apparel Company will be Uniform Code is the name of it. Cool. It's a it's a play on word. The Uniform Code is the Bible of military. And so we're playing with that. And uh, so that's going to be a sub project of it, if you will. Why can't we? We already had, yeah, we already had a meeting in Dallas, Texas, beginning of March with Walmart. And so that's kind of like got our creative juices going and we just like kind of hit the ground running. And I met with um, Thomas from Tango Square there in Dallas as well. And and I met with a bunch of other really amazing entrepreneurs that they just kind of validated your business is awesome. Like, why don't you try to do this instead? And I was like, wow, that's a really good idea. So I want to impact my community by creating more local jobs. And this whole virus thing just is kind of confirming that I totally want to do this because I want the ladies that are working for me to have financial stability, you know, manufacturing the keychains for us. Yeah. Yeah. And that sense of community is so important right now and people are like so like we said earlier they're finally starting to realize it it's a shame it took the virus to make that happen but nonetheless we're here and so it's great that you're going to be a part of that yes and you know somebody said well sure but we you know they could take your design keychain and make it in china and of course they can absolutely they can probably a lot cheaper than i can but they're not going to be doing that because they want to buy from us. They want to buy from military apparel company. They want to buy an American made product that is encouraging local seamstresses. And a lot of our seamstresses are military or we're military, which that's, that's even cooler. And it's going to be a product that's going to give back to the troops. It's a feel good, useful project, you know, product. And so, you know, when somebody in Dallas had asked us about that, we were, we were thrilled to tell them that we're proudly making it in the United States. And I think more and more big businesses, and maybe this virus is even going to be Pitching into that even more of, hey, wait, 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 we got to invest in made in America as opposed to made, you know, wherever outside of America. And so I think it's going to be really awesome to be presenting that to these big retailers and say, look, like we can make this here and it encourages local job and it encourages America. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm sure we will see that. It's bound to happen, especially the longer that this goes on. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that will be a, by- a byproduct for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Eve, thank you for sharing your story. This has been fascinating. I feel like I learned a bunch and (laughs) uh, you're doing a lot of great things. So I appreciate sharing your story. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Your questions were amazing. And hopefully, you know, if I always say, if I helped one person, then my job here is done. (laughs) There you go. And inspiring someone and, you know, anybody who's listening, you can feel free to email us or anything. And uh, if they need any help or advices, we'll try to do the best that we can. Yeah, so before your job on this podcast is done, why don't you mm-hmm. tell us about that? Where can people find you? What's the website? What's a good email address? Where can we direct folks that want to learn more from you? Mm-hmm. So military apparel company, all spelled a long way, dot com is our website, and you'll find all of the information on there. We are on all social media, whether it would be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, you can find us on there very easily, Military Apparel Company. And uh, we would love to connect with the people from your website and uh, from your, you know, from your podcast as well. Awesome. 
we will send them your way. That's awesome. Thank you so much for having us. All right, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Relish the Journey. Thank you so much to all of you for listening, and thanks to Eve Baum for being our guest. Be sure to check out her company at militaryapparelcompany.com. Check out that awesome new branding she was giving us a little sneak peek into. And if you love this episode, you know someone that would benefit from the content or other episodes' content, please share the show with them. Give us a rating on iTunes. Subscribe to the show. All of that helps us reach a broader audience, get more guests, and really spread this message that we should all be relishing the journey. Till next time, everyone. Cheers.